listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 114, where we will be discussing chapter four in Clockwork Princess, To Be Wise and in and Love. <laughs> I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> I don't I thought I typed it wrong because it's a weird chapter. It is weird. I thought it would be to be wise and loved. Right. But there's no D. Nope. I thought you were going to say wise and in charge, so. (laughs) What is it? Um, Live, laugh, love, wise, and love. God, stupid. Uh, Oh, man, it's been a week. How are you guys doing? Does that speak for itself? Dude, my yawn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just said this, but I'm going to repeat myself. I listened to our chapter today because I was alone in my car for the first time in forever. <laughs> and um, I kept yawning during the episode and it was making me really tired. So I am sorry <laughs> if you got the sympathy yawns because I did today. Totally. <laughs> Yes, I have to apologize for being gone last week. Thank you guys for stepping up for me. I appreciate. Of course. Life. We get it. I mean, well, it- in this case it was death. Oh, <laughs> okay, listen. Okay, all of you before you guys freak the fuck out, okay? Amanda is the best person to have around. If you're going through the rough shit because Amanda has the best humor, the best sense of humor when it comes to like death and sickness and all like if you want anyone in your corner, it's her because she will make you laugh in the darkest way possible and bring you out. She really will. Yep. Yep. It's true. You just tipped your invisible top hat. (laughs) Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Well, I'll tell you, and I wasn't thinking, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this or not, but now I think I will. So my, it was my uncle, mm-hmm. my very favorite dear uncle. I was, it was a very emotional. It was really tough, but he is, he was in, I don't know how you, a singer, an artist. Mm-hmm. He's always just been in different bands and done a lot of things. And he was just amazing. Musician. And at the very end, musician, <laughs> thank you. That's the word. Yep. That's it there. That's what he was. <laughs> But at the very end of the service, um, they played a song um, that he had sang. Mm-hmm. And I, honestly, I was so emotional. I don't even remember what the song was. I just remember hearing his voice. So then we go back to my brother's wife's parents' house because they lived like two houses down from where the service was. And of course, we're drinking and stuff and hanging out and just watching the kids play and everything at grandma's. And so we all are just kind of like, okay. What's our funeral song gonna be? <laughs> basically, I am, and you know he he had cancer, so he may have even sung that and chosen that to be played. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. You know, I didn't ask my aunt, but I just thought that was really cool. So now I can't stop thinking about a song I might sing, which I'm not a singer, but I still might do it just to make I people told my have brother. To I was like, I'm gonna do like this shit is bananas <laughs> you guys are gonna have to dance you make robin or write like a rap eulogy like a parody eulogy yes, yes about my life yeah. 
Okay. Here, here it is. Here's the pact right now. <laughs> Whoever's still alive has to write a parody song eulogy. <laughs> God. We better hope that Robin goes last then. For real. Because <laughs> she's got the talent. I'm going to die first. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh man! My mom has told me the song that she's wanted to play at her funeral since I was like eight years old. She's been planning it. Emotional damage. I was was not shocked. (laughs) Surprised that you said that. I was like, okay. What song is it? (laughs) Goodbye to Romance by Ozzy Osbourne. That tracks. It's the song. Yep, that's what she wants. I don't know that I've heard that. Okay. Um, we played a instrumental, like, violin version at our wedding. Mine and yours on the <laughs> wedding. Mine and Omar's. Our thruple wedding. Yes. <laughs> it's, it was our parapetized ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. gosh. Yep. <sighs> and yeah, I, I think- didn't mean for it to actually be a real song. I wanted it to be funny, so uh-huh. yeah, you're not supposed to be legit. Now I'm it's like not actually me, it's her. thinking she's the one that did this. <laughs> the only thing I will say that was missed, okay, besides your sultry voice, is keeping our tangents on track. Oh lordy, yes. I'll tell you, though, I was cracking up. I don't remember what it was that one of you said. I was driving, and I literally, Roseanne laughed. I was just like, we're funny. Like, they're funny. We got this. (laughs) At least we think we are. That's what. Good job. When we were talking about when you were still, I I think it's very weird to say maternity leave, but that's what we're going to use because whatever. And um. We really enjoyed doing unscripted, but we were kind of running out of things to talk about. And I know people wanted to get back into the books. So I was telling Krista, I'm like, well, I'll talk to Amanda and see what she wants to do. And she's like, I don't know if we can handle like a regular episode because we're awful. It'll be three hours long. (laughs) I legitimately was like, I don't think we can handle it without her. I'm not sure if we could do that. If we didn't have the time constraints that we had when we recorded last week, I think that would have been a three-hour recording session. (laughs) Well, I noticed it seemed like it was a pretty short episode, so you guys did well. Yeah. Good job. We had had to get to bed. Yeah. And we still managed to have a 15-minute, like, chit-chat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, really quickly, before... We move on because I don't want to forget this and I don't have the darn book with me. But Robin let me borrow her hard copy of this Uh book, Princess. I don't know if you've ever noticed. You probably have because you guys are awesome. But on the inside of the cover, there's a um, family tree. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool. But it has spoilers for this book. And so I was offended by it. So there, there, there is a so caveat. You don't notice it's there till the end. There is a caveat to the family tree. The family okay. tree is not canon. The family tree has been told to us by Cassie to be probably incorrect. Like, not like all, all the stuff is not correct. Like dates are wrong. People who got married. Oh. And the explanation is like during this time. Specifically, it, it comes into play a little bit more in the next, like, 
uh, chronological series, the Last Hour series. Um, okay. But the way she explained it is, like, during the time it was fashionable to draw up, like, ambitious family trees, like what you would like to see. And oh, so okay. with that caveat, we don't know what's true and what's not true with the family trees. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Plus, I can't tell you what um, edition that is because I lost my original one and then bought a different okay. one. And okay. um, then I found the original one in the trunk of the Cavalier when we went to sell it years later because <laughs> I um, took it with me on a date with my husband, who was at the time my boyfriend. <laughs> Because I had to finish it. What are we going to do on this date? <laughs> I'm going to read. Yep. Yep. Nerd. I needed to finish it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so anyway, I, I noticed it today because it had fallen mm-hmm. off. And I was like, oh, shit, this is really cool. But I was like, what if you see this on accident? So I guess that makes sense if it's all. Yeah not correct and there's even notes in there that say like records lost i thought that was mm-hmm. cool like it seems more legit yeah. it's uh-huh. cute it's sneaky yeah anyway thank you for listening to my <laughs> stories <laughs> we had a topic section on it in some of our unscripted episodes which obviously you can't you're can't oh, yeah. listen to at the yep. moment i was sad i listened to the very beginnings of them so i could at least know what's up <laughs> <laughs> that was it well i do believe miss manda has something to share with the class I do. i'm raising the roof guys <laughs> Okay, (laughs) we received a message from teacher underscore of underscore all underscore things underscore two. (laughs) Teacher of all things, too. Is that like you saying slash? (laughs) Is that equivalent to you? No, but like you don't have to say underscores. It's it's equivalent to saying slash. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Very on brand. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Consistency. That's what Amanda's known for. Seriously. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm not normally a podcast person or a review writing person, but I fucking love Downworld or Dish. I'm so glad that I finally let my sister, you read her review in Victorian Athleisure, uh, talk me into listening. Everything they talk about is 100% relatable, and I am here for it. I have found my soul sisters with these ladies. Chills. I love y'all so much. The laughing, the wheezing, typos <laughs> in the scripts, and misspeaking are definitely what I need more of in my life. And I'm looking forward to many more episodes. Thank you. <sighs> Pat on the Such back. Validation. That is the validation I need. Yes. <laughs> Like it hit the what did you say when we were talking the about pleasure like, the pleasure center of not wearing your yep your, you don't wear your Apple Watch yeah. when you're walking so you don't get to hit the pleasure center yep so it's not even worth the, it I love it That's why great. exercise yep. if the your serotonin. watch isn't counting yeah yep. I remember Robin saying my watch didn't get it and I'm like but your body got it you're fine <laughs> nobody cares. doesn't count that doesn't do anything for me Amanda. <laughs> Anyway, for the week. Yeah, it really was. Thank you so much for taking the time to share that with us. We really appreciate it um, because it makes us feel better about yeah, everything. <laughs> everything. 
we we debated whether we should cut out all of the bloopery sort mm-hmm. of you know let me try that again or the mistake yeah. or the what did you what i thought you said body type instead of <laughs> whatever yeah. last week um and we decided against it because it seemed more relatable so thank you again it seemed yes. more relatable Validation. because we didn't want to edit it <laughs> there's no we that's you we've decided that's the royal we Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and it also sounded very robotic. It 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 was too clean. It it didn't match our personalities. And so mm-hmm. the after the first year or so, I started leaving in more of that stuff. Well, because we had talked about like possibly doing bloopers, but like that's a pain in the ass to try and cut together a bunch of bloopers and you know, all that stuff. And people said that they wanted it, so I was like, just leave them in the fucking episode. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like we're so bad that we're constantly, like, messing up. It's usually, like, once or twice in our sections we'll misspeak and then have to start over again. But it's two seconds. Like, it's not, you know. Right. And now you can see that we're not any, like, we're definitely just really normal, basic bitches. (laughs) Watch me read a review. (laughs) Dude, I have to say, when I read the review for the first time, when Robin screenshotted it to us, I read Victorian Athleisure, and I was like, oh, God, that is such a clever username. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, wait. (laughs) I did that. That was me. That was the title of our episode. (laughs) That's something Robin definitely said. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. Absolutely. That's great. But we uh, debated on last week's episode. It was either going to be Demon Enforcement Agency or multiple popped collars. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Oh, my God. I remember the double uh, polo. Yes. Gideon Lakewood obviously (laughs) had those. Clearly. Obviously, I didn't get to finish the episode. That's so funny. I'm going to have to go back and finish it. <laughs> God, I need more time in the world. Uh, Kristen, like, auto-text made it instead of, like, what it made it Lakewood. Gideon Lakewood. Yep. <laughs> Love it. She said he wore, like, boat shoes with no socks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he showed totally. entirely yep. too much ankle. Yep. Yeah. That's great. Oh, oh my gosh, you guys, what do you say we kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Our kiddos are reeling and healing from their run-in with Benny the Worm. Gabriel tells Tessa about how her beau was doing, and spoiler alert, he is not feeling well. <coughs> Will rounds the troops and drives Tessa and Jim back to the Institute, where he is whisked away into his room... For some silent brother healing that leaves the rest of the residents to nervously pass the time. Charlotte and Gabriel come to an understanding with him moving into the Institute on the grounds that he doesn't betray Charlotte's trust. Will and Tessa meet up in the library to have an awkward and heavy undertoned conversation. Charlotte meets them inside and tells them that Jim wishes to see Will. And Will sends Tessa in to check on Cecily, who isn't playing anyone's fool and is T.O.'d that her brother is being, well... 
There's only one way to describe it. A complete Will Herondale. Yes. <laughs> Indubitably. <clears throat> so Indeed. Indeed. We pick up our story in Will's point of view. Jem, after being treated by the Silent Brothers, asks for his parabro tie with the presumption that Will would bring his personality with him. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> Will... He needs an Amanda! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Will is still in his feels due to the dried blood necklace staining Jem's skin and shocker, not precisely up to the task of court jester. Dance for me. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You think he has those poppet, like, fireworks? (laughs) He's He's making him dance. (laughs) Yeah. But you got to say dance, partner. And then you throw him at him. Oh, my God. At least initially. It takes... Uh, all it takes is a, uh, quote, you're not like other girls line from Jem, and he's breaking into song. <laughs> he's like, you're right. I'm not like other people. I'm special. <laughs> now, give me validation. Um, <laughs> normally, um, I would... <laughs> my fucking talk to text... Normally, I would quote whatever clever song Will made up, but this one is really bad and didn't make any sense. And uh, an effect in which Jem immediately points out in amid amid a fit of laughter. Jesus Christ. Do I talk? Like, this is how I talk into my phone. (laughs) Dude, I did the same thing. I had to go back and correct it. I didn't talk this time, but, um, you know, it's because he didn't have time to think about it in the shower, in yeah. the tub, mm. in the basin, if you will. Mm-hmm. It was like on the spot. Really he was like, what do you expect from me? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's like, my name's Will, not Johnny. Right. Johnny on the spot. It's great. Listen, <laughs> I am glad to know that Jem pointed it out and that's why he was laughing because I didn't catch that part where Jem pointed out that it didn't make sense. Cause I was also like, what the fuck was right. that? It like, <laughs> those are just words together. I don't understand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was really confused. I was like, this must've been like a joke that I missed in the last chapter. Right. Cause I just didn't reread it. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so obviously because Cassie hates happiness, Jem's laughter quickly devolves into a coughing fit. Consequently, his white duvet now spot sports red polka dots. So before we get into what the fuck? The cheese man. things where you have to guess like the sunshine and the window and what they actually like like an emoji sentence or something that you have to try and figure out like hieroglyphics there's a game like that on your you can download onto your tablet of course there's an app for that Uh uh-huh right okay after mind i was gonna go on a tangent about the app why (laughs) nobody cares continue after we just got done talking about how we don't fuck up more than a couple of times each person, yeah. I have now fucked up on like every paragraph. 
So, apologies. Uh. Okay, before we get into the cheese may, because oh my god, this chapter is full of all kinds of hot goss. Yeah. So, I, I need to mention a few things. So, before Jem explodes into a blood volcano out of his mouth, he has this line where he says, quote, there is, there is such a thing as scansion. Okay? End quote. So, naturally, since this word is a word that I don't know, and also is italicized in the text, I had to look it up. Okay? And the definition okay. is... The act of scanning a line of verse to determine its rhythm. That still doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't think the rhythm was the bad part of that. I feel like he didn't have any snare in his headphones. Is that what happened? he was performing the song it was that the song sucked well and even if it was the rhythm how the hell would we know it's a book <laughs> i don't know second verse same as the verse it just feels like, so <laughs> listen i know a lot of the time there's words in in these books that are like kind of crazy but they're made up words because it's a fantasy book right but sometimes right. there are pretentious words in these books <laughs> that are only there to make you look them up, right? Right. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. this is a point where I just don't believe that it actually goes here. Like, I just, I feel like this was a, I'm going to be clever and it doesn't actually go. Agreed. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I really like how you spelled what. What? <laughs> like ICP. It's it's the the lady from Trading Spouses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know the, the god lady who went to the, like the the pagan's house and like he's not Christian. Lost her goddamn <laughs> mind. <laughs> yeah. That's, I will never forget that. Whenever, whatever I say, what? Like, that's what I, that's the vision, the mental picture I get <laughs> is her face. I like yeah. it. I like it. Anyway, whatever. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe I'm just not smart enough to understand it. So let's get back to it. Jem is coughing up blood. As I've mentioned three times before, because I'm traumatized, so you have to be traumatized. <laughs> and Will, being the ride or die he is, knows exactly what to do. He runs over to where Jim ke Jem keeps his stash of yin fen and freezes. Yeah, you see, th there's a problem here. You see? Uh, Will is having trouble doing the mental calculus, seeing as he bought a year's supply of this stuff two months ago, um, and there's barely a dusting of it at the bottom of the box. And so he's like, uh? <laughs> and I'm sorry to sidebar again, but I think there's something really important to discuss before we go any further. And so as established, Yinfen is an incredibly addictive drug, Right. Aside from the fact that when it was first introduced in the book, it was compared to, like, opium, 
and excusing that this is a fictional drug with effects that that affects the user more like cocaine than opium but yet it was compared to opium in terms of addictiveness um so the addictive and destructive qualities draw a pretty obvious comparison to opiates right like i feel like that's a pretty plain comparison as they were setting up this drug i have a question yes what's an opiate so like like what pills what heroin is drug okay okay yeah. okay i couldn't remember that okay so they okay and that slows you down whereas cocaine speeds you up right so like in terms of okay. this it's like the effect of the drug when you take it is like cocaine it makes you feel like you're invincible and can stay up forever and uh -huh. whatever but the the diminishing quality or the dim diminishing returns on your body like the long-term effects are more like heroin where it just like basically eats your body and, like, it has its, you know, fictional perks, like the white hair and all that. But, like, I feel like it's a pretty obvious analogy there, especially given mm -hmm. the fact that it aligns with the issues of the time setting in Victorian England when they had opium crisis. And also when it was published, you know, in America, we were having, the, still having the opiate crisis with pills and, and things like that. So I, mm -hmm. I feel like... That's not a coincidence, right? <laughs> like, like, I feel like it's not a long, like a, a far leap for me to make is what I'm setting up. I'm sorry. This took so long. Okay. <laughs> that being said, I understand that this is a Shadowhunter book and it's kind of been like half-ass explained that this drug doesn't affect Jem in the same way because of his angel blood and stuff. And his motivations for taking more of the drug are presented as differently than an addicts would be necessarily right like in in this case but i think that's why it's important for us to have this conversation before we get into this scene because this scene is a little bit separate but i feel like it draws very <clears throat> distinct parallels to real life so the situation requires a little critical analysis words sorry so um to the goddamn point this moment of shock where Will is, like, realizing how much more Jem has been using and, like, how quickly it escalated and he didn't know and is, like, what? Like, that's a real-life thing. And, like, I know I've been in Will's shoes, and I think that's true for all three of us. Like, have we all three seen an addict, like, and been, like, did not know that it was that bad that quick? Like, sometimes it just it just happens. It's kind of, like, incredible how quickly someone can go from, like, a casual drug user to a habitual user. And, like, if if no if nobody's ever told you, drug addicts are, like, really good at hiding the fact that they're drug addicts until they can't. And then they're terrible at it. Like, it's, like, you can go zero to 60 and, like, for a long time people cannot know. And then once they can't hide it anymore, it's like, you'll never not be able to tell. It kind of reminds me, and I don't mean to play this down, but it's literal. As you're explaining mm -hmm. this, it reminds me of me drinking a pot of coffee. <laughs> it's like, I can drink a pot of coffee if it's sitting there. You, If it's sitting there, I can drink that shit all by myself. But then as the day goes on, you can start noticing I'm starting to get shaky. <laughs> and then I need to eat. 
and I'm just kind of like, I think I had too much coffee. You're like I didn't realize how you know, fast that can happen. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, or or just like how fast you go from being someone who has like one cup of coffee to being someone who drinks a whole pot of coffee in a day, right? Yeah. Like, and that that can happen. Working quickly. from home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, anyway, the the reason I I just wanted to bring it up because like. It's important, and I think because I've also been on the attic side of that and, like, realized that, like, my habit has gone and out of control, you know, I was not that far gone, but I was I was addicted to pills when I was younger, and, like, I was a teenager, but thankfully, I had that moment with a friend of mine where they were like, Jesus Christ, that's a lot of pills, and then I'm like, oh, fuck, you're kind of right. And I was able, I wasn't too far gone. I was able to like pull myself back and be like, yeah, I'm I'm not going to do that anymore. And I haven't done pills in fucking, I don't even know. How old am I? I don't know. Like 13, 14. How old is my kid? 15 years. So like it, it, I've been on that side. Like, and thankfully it wasn't too bad, Mm -hmm. but I say all that to say, this is my Kristen mom PSA. Okay. Be vigilant. Check on your friends. Be the person that helps, even if it makes them mad. Like, just, yep. It's worth it. It's worth it. Even if they never speak Absolutely. to you again, if they're alive, it's worth it. So, anyway, I just felt like it was a missed opportunity. I'm like, this is like, we've established this is a really bad drug. Like, we should probably not just brush under the rug uh-huh. the fact that like someone went yep. from taking something you know to taking a whole year's supply in two months like that's a big deal uh-huh. and like yes. when people actually get addicted to like you get a prescription for like chronic pain and mm-hmm. then you actually get addicted to it and you know and you don't realize uh-huh. that you're addicted to it until you stop getting that prescription uh-huh. yeah when it seems like it's almost obviously we're going to get into it when you talk about it but it's almost romanticizing it a little bit the way it's written it it it, it could, yes. And that's why I wanted to say that. Because I was like, it could be like, you know, he's like, but but I'm doing it for love. You know what I mean? Like, there's more, there's more circumstances in this case, obviously, because it's a fictional character in a fictional world. Uh-huh. But, yeah. I mean, it's a slippery slope. The only difference that I see, and I will give it to Jem, obviously, mm-hmm. it's Jem, not Cassie, um, <laughs> is just like he's part. And obviously, like Robin said, we'll get to it. But his point is basically like, I'm going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. Why not enjoy it? So it's the only like obviously fantasy. Uh-huh. Right. You know, if he's going to die, I guess that's where I'm kind of like, I guess I didn't take it as seriously. And I'm yeah. glad that you're mentioning it because other people may have you know yeah uh-huh. well and I mean obviously that totally changes like the the conversation really um mm-hmm. so Jim's situation is unique since he's terminal right like 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 you said the conversation quickly shifts to more of a, like a right to die situation which is also uh-huh. heavy as fuck like <laughs> so like it, it, it's almost like we're not we're not going to go down this road we're we're choosing to go down a different road but it's also like a major topic and a major issue and mm-hmm. ties into this because he's terminal so his reasoning is that he would rather feel better for a shorter amount of time than be miserable for longer 
And he says, quote, there uh-huh. is more to living than not dying. Which I think is something that, like, you hear a lot um, represented in, like, cancer stories and stuff of people, like, stopping treatment mm-hmm. because treatment was making them feel worse. And, like, yeah, that might prolong my life, but is that a quality? that Like, like does that give me quality? Whereas in Jem's case, it's a little bit of the opposite. Like, he has to keep taking the drug to feel better and in mm-hmm. greater quali- quantities, even though it's going to kill him faster. It was also said in the Croods because they didn't want to live in a cave anymore. <laughs> that wasn't living. That was just not dying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Eep. Exactly. <sighs> I am like... You're welcome. I am like... My face is hot. It... <laughs> Do you know how long I wrote that part, that just sidebar that I was just like, I just want to get my thoughts clear. And it was not clear. And I know that. I'm I'm aware. It was beautiful. It really yes. was. I appreciate my you face that. Is like, my face is so red. I feel like it's that disclaimer at the end of a TV show when they talk about this sort of thing. Yeah. And they're like, if you need help. That was great. But I say that to say this. I really needed that Crudes joke, Amanda. And so thank you for just like putting an <laughs> exclamation point on my point earlier because this is and why dude, we love you. all this whole time. She's like, I'm on. <laughs> She's getting our Can vibe. you imagine her just hiding in the shadow of your bedroom and this pops out for a one-liner and then goes back? Okay. Well... On the surface, that might seem delightful. That is now going to haunt me. I'm going to think Amanda's in my shadows. Dude, I'm going to print out a picture of my face and just like put it on a stick. Just put it in my closet behind my clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Okay. So we, we got a lot to get through. So Will, <laughs> Will is still going to put up a fight, right? Like, who are we kidding? He's trying to figure out why the sudden change. And the only thing he can come up with is Tessa. He's like, is it that bitch? <laughs> In the, is, is that, that your chick? Yeah. <laughs> People you know. <laughs> the exchange that they have next is one of the most emotional scenes in the book. And so I'm going to read it for you. Um, okay, it starts out with Jem. You cannot blame her for this. This was my decision. She has no knowledge of it. She would want you to live, James. I am not going to live. And Jem was on his feet, his cheeks flushed. It was the angriest well thought, Will thought he had ever seen him. I am not going to live, and I can choose to be as much for her as I can be, to burn as brightly for her as I wish, and for a shorter time than to burden her with someone only half alive for a longer time. It is my choice, William, and you cannot make it for me. Fuck. That's a hard... I don't know. Do we know when their actual wedding is going to be? Mm -mm. I don't think they've set a date. No. Okay. Because to me, this almost seems like he's killing himself sooner. But then he, is he going to die before their wedding? Or is he going to die like right after their wedding? And then she, can she get remarried from the sounds that I've. Yeah. If she's a widower. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, society is not like super 
hip to the jive on it sometimes. But like, yeah, okay. she might not yep, have hip her to pick. The jive. Uh-huh. Oh, but like okay. she could get married again. And a okay. widower isn't like taboo. It's not like she got divorced or anything. Like dear, dear God. Right. You're a pariah. It reminds Christ. me of that one movie where like that oldest sister has cancer and then they have the third child so that way they could like My sister's keeper use or whatever. Her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other sister. Oh yeah, that, uh-huh. I think that was the one Cameron Diaz. I watched that when I was pregnant with my child. Why? I didn't know what it was about. <laughs> and then I couldn't IMDb. look away. And I, I, I cried for hours. Hours. Anyway, but it feels like that where she's like, this is my decision to make. Mm-hmm. And like, I've made the decision. Respect my decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like yeah. for Will, it's a little... I don't know. Maybe this is just my personal experience maybe this isn't true for everyone I feel like I would feel more obliged to respect that decision from my partner than I would with my best friend if that makes any sense Uh uh-huh like like because I feel like I could convince my best friend If Will wasn't in love with Tessa and didn't have actual feelings for her, I imagine he would take it out on her. Like, oh, for uh-huh. sure. Frustration with for the situation. Sure. So thank goodness he likes her, obviously. Yeah. But like, I just feel like if, if my if my husband was telling me what Jem's telling me, I'd be like, okay, you know, I, I respect that. But if Robin was telling me that, I'd be like, no, bitch. Like, I just feel like I wouldn't accept it. I don't know why that uh, – maybe I just don't respect you enough. I'm like, I'm like, nope. I don't care what you say. You made a promise to me when you were nine years old. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to hold you to it. You don't know what you want. Exactly. <laughs> you can't even decide what's for dinner. <laughs> I mean – that's true. It is all of this is true. Like, who am I gonna talk shit with? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Think about me. <laughs> we have to golden girls our life. Right? Okay, you can't ruin this. You for fucking me. promised we'd get a condo yep. in Boca. No, I'm kidding. I don't want to live in Florida ever. <laughs> it's too hot. It's too hot. It's too hot. <clears throat> we'll move to London. Okay. I'm down. Okay. Where am I? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Okay. So when reasoning fails, Will moves on to threatening to stop buying Jem's drugs for him. He's like, well, I'm just not going to buy your drugs anymore. (laughs) But Jem don't need no man. He can do it himself. (laughs) Sorry. He's an independent. He still gives Will his (laughs) ring to sell for him. (laughs) So, also, here, take my family ring because I kind of snooped in your room and found out that my drugs cost a lot more than you've been telling me and I feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And now, you know how last week we were talking about how Will still kind of, like, is still kind of being an asshole and, like, hasn't figured uh-huh. out how not to be? Well, we get to see a little behind-the-curtain action in his POV. 
And we were right on the money. He's struggling, not actively struggling, not to be a dick all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, Whew, okay, no, be nice. <laughs> wait, wait. The curse is over. All of your instincts are wrong. <laughs> Dude, that was me with my son. You know, when he like got, we you know, speech therapy and all that stuff. Like we raised him completely different than we raised my daughter. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> that will just escalate the situation. Do not do that. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I was having a really hard day today. And I was like, you know what you need? You need to sit with me and let's read a book together. You just need to calm down. And it was exactly what I needed. But that's great. Good job. It was, you know, we had tried a break and all this other stuff and it wasn't working. And so we just reset his little brain. It was perfect. Nice. But I had to stop. I stop. (laughs) I feel like, hold on. I need to actively think about this. (laughs) Right. It's not just a quick time out with all kids. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Or with all wills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So he forcibly diverts and cuts the tension with humor before actually quite earnestly asking Jem to let him in and help him understand where Jem's coming from. Like, I feel like sometimes, I don't know. Sometimes there's like super unhealthy stuff and then there's like super healthy stuff in in these books. And this is one of those moments like male male friendships that are actually like very close and vulnerable and like not afraid to be emotional with each other. Like super mm-hmm. healthy, folks. Super healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Love to see it. Great. Glad to be here. Okay. <laughs> So the gist of it is that when Jem and Tessa fell in love, Jem was feeling better and he thought Tessa was the reason. So that's why he told her that when he proposed, because it was true at the time. But then Mm -hmm. he had an episode and realized that that wasn't the case. Um, But he didn't want to upset Tessa and like make her think that she didn't love him enough. And like, that's why he's getting sick again. Um, So he just started doing a bunch of drugs and to fake it. And you know, Still a teenager, still an idiot. Yep. Apparently that was good enough for Will because he was like, same. I would literally do anything except betray Jem to be with Tessa and make her happy, including lying to her. Uh, so, yeah, bro, I'm game. Let's do this. One condition. You got to let me ask Sophie where we keep the cure. Okay. <laughs> yep. It's it's been long enough. Hundred years in the future. It's it's been it's been lock and key. She's been keeping it in the broom closet. Mm-hmm. I need your tinc- tincture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to t- 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 the, the holy water, or whatever. <laughs> and also, Will's gonna go get more yinfen because mm-hmm. it's dangerous for Jem to be that low. Obviously. Coming straight off that massive heartbreak, uh, we're headed over to this training room to get our flirt on. And oh, look, it's another Herondale. Cecily's practicing her (laughs) knife throwing skills, but her head's not in it. Logically, she knows that Will is extremely preoccupied with his pair of a tie. 
and that doesn't have any reflection on her value to him. But it also feels super shitty when it's like he sends Tessa to come check on her. Like, mm-hmm. after the fact. Like, way later than anyone should have come to check on her. You know? Mm-hmm. And her shot goes wide and she curses in Welsh. <laughs> There's this line in, like, her internal dialogue that I just thought was so fun. And it leads into... The next part, so I'm just going to read it. Her mother would have been horrified, but then her mother was not there. (laughs) Five, said a drawling voice from the corridor outside. Cecily started and turned. There was a shadow in the doorway, a shadow that as it moved, as it moved forward, became Gabriel Lightwood. All tousled hair and green eyes as sharp as glass. He was as tall as Will, perhaps taller, and more lanky than his brother. Damn, someone's gonna once over. She's like, I'm lanky you up. You are a whole yeah. fucking meal. Yeah. She's totally emo. She's a scene kid. <laughs> She's like, ooh, lanky. Does he wear like super, super low rise jeans? And have a little baby frog butt. <laughs> well, I mean, if his name is Gabrielle. <laughs> yep. That's talk to text. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> funny. That's Gabriel pretentiously analyzes Cecily's throwing and, of course, can't help but take a jab at Will, implying that he would make a much better teacher. And Cecily don't take no shit. She pushes right back at him. And even... Uh, as she's doing it, she's, like, internally noting the difference in the guy who helped her up after they killed Benedict and was, like, looking at her face and, like, making sure she was okay and shit and, like, looking into her eyes. Um, and the douche canoe who's standing in front of her right now because, like, they're not mm-hmm. the same person. And Good she's like, I don't know what this is about, the difference. <laughs> but I'm not having any of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but Gabriel noticed that Cecily changed her gear. I thought it was a weird thing for him to say. But, like, I guess they had to segue. I don't know. I guess. Uh Yeah. She's still in defensive mode. So she's like, yeah, and you didn't. Like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And his reaction in the book, uh, it says, quote, for a moment, an odd look flashed across his face. And uh, he goes on to explain that, like, none of his clothes are there at at the institute um and he has nothing to change into so he's like i i guess i'm just bloody you know covered in my father's blood no big deal yeah i was gonna say yeah his own dad's at least it's not actual blood it's i icor right icor uh-huh um still i think at this point gabriel is giving up more to Cecily than he planned. Like, I don't, I don't, I feel like he's kind of like galaxy braining, like still processing, kind of fucked up, and is just kind of like thinking out loud. Uh-huh. And, and like, I guess I could go, I don't really have a place to live, you know, and he's just kind of going off and she's like getting way more information than she probably would have. Love it. Um, and so, like, I'm not sure how much that has to do with the fact that like he's talking to Cecily and she might act like he might actually feel comfortable with a stranger who doesn't know him as like a quote unquote lightwood in that persona that he has. Cause he is two very different people, right? Like 
as we've uh-huh. seen, like the real Gabriel and the I have to put on a persona Gabriel are very different people. Mm-hmm. Or if it's more like his entire life has just been upended and he's still processing. Like, I feel like that accounts for a lot of it. But like, I wonder how much is also the fact that like, maybe he just feels comfortable the, with the fact that like, it's like when you talk to a stranger in a bar. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Robin's like, no. okay. I, oh, I mean, you've gone outside and like smoked a cigarette at a bar and like ended up talking to somebody, right? It was very uncomfortable. Or like a customer. I get dealt with Sometimes. an Andy. Yeah. No, I mean, for me now. Just because he does the overshare. That's all the only reason why I said Oh that. my God, my husband is terrible. We're, we'll be at the grocery store and he'll just like, yeah, and then my jacket was dirty and just like, they don't care, Andy. You know, whatever it is. <laughs> just, just way more information than you know, anyone com- needs. That commercial where they're like, the waiter doesn't need to know your name. I'm just like, yes, Andy, that's my husband. <laughs> right the, the old people training yeah. or whatever. <laughs> yep. Yeah, like nowadays. I understand what you're trying to say, but me implementing it in my personal life is a no. Yeah, nowadays. But I understand the. That's yeah. horrifying. Like, it's, I, I, no. But when I was like 23 and hammered and outside on the patio smoking and then like this girl's crying and then now I know everything about her like relationship and like, you know, you know, like those times where it's yeah. like, yeah, that's easier to talk to a stranger about, you know, whatever. You're like, I'm never going to see this person again. Well, and I'm sure a lot of people, he probably feels like a lot of people don't like him right now. So who is he going to talk to? Right. Uh-huh. His brother would probably be frustrated with him. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway, so Gabriel, you know, he's like, I, I could go to one of my places, I guess. I don't know. And she's like, well. Like, are you going to stay here? Like, what are you? And he's like, well, Charlotte said, yeah, it's fine. You know, because his brother's here, you know. And, of course, on the subject of brothers, Will comes up. And Gabriel's kind of looking at Cecily and realizing how much this hot chick that he's been distracted by looks like Will. And he's like, it's (laughs) unnerving. Like, that's not a word you want to hear a guy describe your looks as. Like, unnerving yep. either you're gonna stab me <laughs> like right what? yeah uh and even in his distraught state gabriel can't help but low-key tattle on will <laughs> he's like hey cecily do you know uh by chance uh happened to know why will went running out of the institute just now like just now running like full speed out the doors do you perhaps know why (laughs) Cecily's like this is what I've been waiting for my whole life (laughs) this is war just like the little sister like activation of like my brother's doing something he shouldn't be doing it's time to go find out so I can tell on him (laughs) I'm feeling tell on you (laughs) (laughs) it was great (sighs) okay I'm done I apologize you're good that was beautiful okay so we are taken down to the streets of the east end which i have learned about from call the midwife because i'm american and know nothing (laughs) (laughs) she's john snow yeah yeah (laughs) 
So this is uh, Cecily had been following Will, and eventually uh, Will catches her by, and he like grabs her by the arm. And I mentioned this specifically that he grabbed her by the arm because I want to discuss her wearing a velvet hooded cloak. And I'm just like, yes, please. Can you imagine just in the shadows, just like hiding behind stuff and looking all shady in your cool cloak. One day I oh will have one. Dude. Seriously. You Someday. guys could you could make them. Amanda's got the sewing skills. Yeah, we have to find the time <sighs> to make them though. Yeah. I know. Yep. That's the issue for sure. I know. I probably need like five years. <laughs> Not gonna lie. If I start right now, yeah. five years. I keep assigning you projects. You gotta make that embroidery stitch thing from last week oh yeah i forgot about that you gotta write that down if it's not in writing i will not remember it remember i I have the brain of of someone who did a lot of drugs okay (laughs) and a mom yes (laughs) Uh, that's one in its own (laughs) so will kind of shake cecily's arm and he's like you're a fool what are you doing following me you're so foolish (laughs) and he's like dude it's dangerous here you're not even using a glamour what like what's the matter with you you're not this is not shadow hunter stuff okay (laughs) but i'm curious i have to ask forgive me if i've asked before there is a very good chance that i already have because i feel like we have talked about this but can shadow hunters actually tell when a glamour is in use like can they see through it does it like have an an overlay is it like we still don't know how shadow hunter glamours work Uh uh-huh okay we haven't i guess there's a rune i don't know but we haven't really it hasn't been explained yeah he called it a a glamour rune Mm -hmm. but it's like what does that mean but is it one glamour or is it like whatever glamour you wish like what is that like that doesn't make any sense strength is only one healing is only one like they only have one function that it it seems that like glamour would have to just be like you look invisible to humans uh-huh. i feel like that I would be the right only one like it, it couldn't so be i, I always that. thought like either number one is he can't see it on her skin physically like if mm. she was not like dressed in a cloak or whatever but maybe he can tell people are interacting with her or, like walking out of her way or looking at her oh. So it's like mm-hmm. he can tell by the way the people around him are acting that she's not glamoured. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So you'd think if they have to glamour like a place, like let's say the um, police station that Luke's pack was mm-hmm. out of. Maybe there's like a rune on the ground, but why was it glamoured as a Chinese restaurant? I like, think I that would, glamour, glamour is no. from a warlock. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Doesn't answer my question. Thanks for not. I'm just kidding. Thank you. Come again. (laughs) So uh, the two, Cecily and Will, go back and forth in Welsh. And um, Will just really wants Cecily to go home once again. (laughs) And she wants to go with him. Like wherever he's heading, she wants to go just like a baby sissy would. And he tells her that he's going to an infrit den to buy drugs. Which is totally something you would say is a joke to, like, get her to go home. (laughs) But obviously it's true. And she's into it. She's down. Let's go. So Cecily basically asks Will, like, why do you care more about Jem than you do your own sister? 
And he's like, ugh. Okay, listen. He has to tell her the story. And I'm going to quote it because I have to. Jem is all the better part of myself. I would not expect you to understand. I owe him this. Then what am I? Cecily asked. Will exhaled too exacer... Exas... God damn Exasper- it. Exasper... <laughs> now I can't say it! Fuck! See? Exasperated. Yes! Thank you! I was saying oh, the buzzer. Right, it didn't come Is out. Is my name the buzzer? Robin! <laughs> he he saved the decathlon. <sighs> Exacer... I keep trying to mix it with exacerbated. Anyway... <laughs> To check himself, he says, um, so he's exhausted, whatever. He exhaled. You are my weakness. And Tessa is your heart, she said. Not angrily, but thoughtfully. Not a fool, as I told you, she added, at his startled expression. I know that you love <sighs> I know. Oh, shit. Someone has cracked the motherfucking code. <laughs> I love that this 15-year-old girl is not only a bigger badass, more of a, like, like a woman. Like, she stands up for herself and, and behaves in in, su- in a more controlled way than, like, Tessa does. Tessa uh-huh. still kind of acts like a kid sometimes. Whereas I feel like Cecily, like, pretty she pretty exclusively acts like a fucking boss. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And she's clever. And clearly she's picking up. She's got people skills out the wazoo, even though she grew up in the countryside of Wales. I don't know. Like, this chick is a rock star. Mm -hmm. I agree. Love her. (laughs) Yeah. Why do we have to wait till book three? (sighs) Right? (laughs) Rude. All right, so Will obviously starts to freak out. He's worrying that she's a queen, she's Mosa, and spreading the news about the town. And um, she's like, duh, no, I would never do that. And then, of course, Will jumps to worrying that she's ashamed of him for having feelings for his parabrotized fiancé, which she clearly isn't ashamed of him and tells him that he hasn't acted on it. Like, no big deal, bro. We all want something that we can't have. April. After some chatting, yeah. I was gonna say, is yeah. Will thinking, what the fuck does she mean by that? Like, <laughs> yeah, who? <laughs> Name and social security number. <laughs> yeah. When did social security numbers become a thing? I'm curious. Anyway, so after some chatting, he eventually gives in and lets her go with him. So she's going to the darkness. With her cloak. She belongs. (sighs) Okay, so now we jump over to Sophie and Gideon. And Sophie's delivering a tray to his room. And so, of course, she comes in to set it down. And while she's in the room, she pulls a robin. She's, like, looking around at everything, taking mental notes of how he's fucking up the furniture with his gear and shit. Yep. (sighs) Like when your kid drapes a towel, like a wet towel, on a dining room chair. Like, why? Why is your, your towel the in the dining room? Because your hair is I, wet and you need to. I don't know. Dude, guess what? Guess Amanda what? Amanda and I have I thin hair. Something? That doesn't. By the time we're, we walk know. out of the bathroom, our hair is dry. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you don't know. Before I take it out of a towel, my bangs are almost yeah. dry. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> towel I was, dried is I got dry. Olaplex, obviously. 
I bought it. Christian, whatever. Yes. And they suggested wearing a shower cap with the number three on so your hair would stay wet so it would work longer. And so I bought the shower cap because I was like, okay. And I was then sitting there and my, like two hours later, there's literally water dripping down my neck. And I'm like, why? Like, who? Why would you? Is shower cap? This is stupid. And then I remembered not everybody's hair stays wet for six hours. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's not a thing. I put purple shampoo in today, and I probably should have put a bag over my head because it was pretty dry after 30 minutes. It was, like, crunchy. Yeah. Crunchy. Yeah. Anyway, it takes that long for the thing, and so then if you're going to, like, make food or something, it starts to slip off, and then you just kind of put it down, mm. and it's on the back okay. of a chair. And then um, you forget to take then it you upstairs. get a white spot no, on deal. your table. No. Anyway. And the answer is 1936. Okay, thank you. I googled I it. I saw the tabs <laughs> reflecting in your glasses. I saw it. I was like, I gotta know. Okay, so anyway, it's not uh, it's not sad, but I'm sure. Um... Oh, it's not sad. <laughs> it's not sad. I'm like, what's not sad? We're finally not at a sad part. <laughs> so it's not mentioned in the story but i'm sure sophie's got to be startled like she's like gl- glancing around the room panning and then all of a sudden to the bed and there's a man sleeping there <laughs> <laughs> and it's gabriel of course so um he's wearing gideon's clothes that are obviously too small for him <laughs> which is funny <laughs> and gideon says that he felt bad waking him up to make him go back to his own room he hasn't slept in like three days just let him sleep like he was busy trying to deal with their dad and all that wormy stuff. So mm-hmm. anyway, so he and Sophie talk about how Gabriel is probably going to stay at the Institute and how Charlotte is so nice that he kind she kind of like scared <laughs> Gabriel because she was so sweet to him. He was like, I don't know what that was. What kind of monster yeah. would do something like that? How sad. And how did it turn out that Gideon was so sweet? I guess he has a, like got to know their mom a little bit, but like. The, you mean Gideon? Know. Yes. No, sorry. no, you said Gideon. I was just I trying to like verify. Um his his travel abroad year changed his attitude a lot. Oh, that's right. He, that's he right. was kind of a dick, but he was, he was more shy. So he wasn't as vocal as Gabriel okay. was. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay, well, um Sophie asks where Tatiana is, and apparently she went to go live with the Blackthorns. Which is good to know because Robin asked me last week and I was like, I don't remember. So cool. Now we know. <laughs> um, <laughs> because Tatiana basically couldn't handle staying at the Institute because she thinks she is quite superior. Okay. I know. I roll. Okay, so. <laughs> sure. But also, yep. could you fucking imagine <laughs> something happening to your husband and then you have to go live with your in-laws? Hell. It doesn't matter how well you get along with them. That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) No thanks. Just going to have a moment of silence for that. (laughs) But can you imagine being so uncomfortable at the Institute that you would pick your in laws over them? No, I guess I she's not really a shadow hunter, so that's probably why these are people that she actually I mean, knows. Is she though? Like, I feel like Benedict Lightwood wouldn't let his daughter not be a shadow hunter. 
Like maybe she doesn't have to do I all the stuff, but like too. she for sure has marks. Oh yeah, yeah. Because like I feel like he would see that as okay. a slight against himself, like a stain on the family mm-hmm. if she didn't. Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On their blood. Mm-hmm. Fucking interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever his Malfoy pure blood bullshit is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Sophie and Gideon talk about Benedict and all the terrible things that he's done. And Sophie mentions that Gideon should still be able to mourn him, even though he did really bad things. Like, he's still your father. You should still be allowed to feel sad that he's gone. So, of course, her saying this touches his heart. And so he touches her fingertips. <laughs> with his fingertips on her cheeks. Finger probing her cheeks. Robin, why do you have to ruin Two it? cheeks would be weird. Because it's just, my job. Just, just the pads of his fingers on both cheeks. Yes, just the pads. <laughs> yeah. And Sophie is recycling her Nate pep talk. <laughs> yes, she She's is. already had the same talk with Tessa. She really yep. has. She's uh-huh. like, these That's fucking great. kids. <laughs> Seriously? Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, well, he touches her finger, his fingertips on her cheek, and then he also calls her Sophie. So she's like, Oh, take me down. Because <laughs> she's super into it, and she goes to move closer into him. And she's so like dreamy. She trips over the rug, and he kind of like catches her. But <laughs> even though he's supposedly tall and everything, like he falls with her. And I'm just like, Dude, okay. Only people in the movies or books do that because not real. No, especially because he's supposed to be like this basically like super badass trained assassin. He assassinates demons for a living. He can't catch a fucking maid who was fucking six inches away from him when she tripped without falling over himself. That was part of his plan. Um, right. That's why this it's could only happen in books because he he's just that good of an assassin that he knew how to like grab her, turn and fall and make it look like that. Right, can't be true. Yep, has to be all the game. He's he's 007. Okay, <laughs> it's also because this book is clearly littered with 1980s references, and he feels like he's mm. Tiffany. And he's like, we tumble to the ground and then I say, I think we're think alone, alone now. now. <laughs> There's only Gabriel around. I was going to say, but wait, <laughs> they're not alone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, Dear so God. here is probably my favorite part of this entire book. Okay, and it is when Sophie hits the floor. Let the bodies <laughs> hit the floor. Um, she... <laughs> She sees like a shitload of scones underneath his bed and she's like, hold up. What in the ever loving scone is underneath there? And he's like, yeah. Um, so about that, I've been calling for scones because it was the only way that I thought you would talk to me. And she is like fucking pissed. Yeah. As I would be. She's like, you lied. That's not Christian. <laughs> Sorry, my millennial is showing. He's like, um, again, not Christian. Yeah. Like, 
like she said when she was talking about his Christian name. He's like, not Christian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's like your uh, husband trying to like, I just wanted you to come talk to me. So I kept leaving dishes in the kitchen for you so that way you'd be preoccupied so I could stand behind you while you're trying to like get in the way of everything when you're cooking. Mm-hmm. Everything you need in the way. Uh-huh. Okay, so yeah, she's super pissed. She's like, I have to you have any idea how much work that I have to do? Like I carry all of this heavy stuff all day long. I have to do the chimneys, I have to carry the hot water, I have to do all this crap. And you want me to bring you stuff just so you can see me? Like, have you ever thought about how much work I have to do all day just to bring you something you didn't even want? Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I didn't think. And she's like, yeah, well, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and she leaves the room. And uh, just then, Gabriel was obviously not asleep. And they were not alone because he sits up and he's like, nicely done, brother. <laughs> Ah, you dumbass. Dude, this is such a rich boy trope. Like, such. Like, how privileged do you have to be to not realize that this place only has one fucking maid for, like, eight people? And we've even noticed that, and we're not in the building. in a giant castle. (laughs) And a cat. Okay. When my arm's like, what a waste of food. Right. And yes. Bridget. You're going to call mice into your bedroom. That's what I was going to say. That's what I tell my kids. We're going to get ants. <laughs> We're going to get ants. Stop. <laughs> I hate it. Oh, boy. Yeah, he needs to uh, get in touch with the reality. If he wants to see Sophie, maybe find another way. She I is, mean, I can't blame him. She is ignoring him pretty well. Well, and she does seem like she's quick to forgive. So maybe yeah. it's not as, hopefully it's not as big of a. Right. You know. She was going to lay on the floor with him. I'm sure she'll forgive him after a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh- well, like <laughs> when Tessa was so like awful to her. Mm-hmm. And she like, I already have forgiven you. Mm-hmm. Okay. We take our view, our paw, if you will, <laughs> to the crypt, where Charlotte is checking on her beloved mad scientist husband. It's well past bedtime, and he's still burning the midnight oil. Henry, who has become anxious and preoccupied with his wife's health after hearing that they were going to have a baby, is concerned about her getting cold and how it could possibly, like, that can't possibly good, be good for the baby. And I just imagine her walking around, like, barefooted. For some reason, and I, she's clearly not. <laughs> but, I can tell you, well, as a pregnant woman, I'd rather be cold than hot. Oh, so yes, it's fine. Fuck. <laughs> no. I, okay, not as a current pregnant woman, obviously. Right. Speaking for pregnant women, had had having been pregnant. Yeah. Yes. My mother-in-law is like, you can't walk around barefoot in the house. You'll get sick. You gotta wear I've socks or something. That's her. That's her jam. So, anyway. So, sorry, fudge. Figured out where I was. You found it. Well, okay. Also, I have a question. Just randomly, like, this is Victorian England, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, their understanding of medicine isn't that bad. It's not that. It can't be that bad. 
Like, I don't think they're bloodletting anymore. So, like, obviously, they have to have some. I don't know. But then it's women's health. So, probably not. Never mind. Yeah, I, think I, right. I think I answered we're my own question. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> we're still stuck behind now. Yeah. Well, and it's sad. Like, he's. So, he's in the crypt, which is obviously basement type area. And the witch lights mm-hmm. are up yes. all the way. <laughs> so it's like, and so it's like super feels fluorescent. Like daylight. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, God, how, like, I'd be having a raging headache. The light in this room is causing me to, like, I'm not into it. That sounds awful. I, I mean, harsh lights are, are hard, but I like a brightly lit room. Like, I like a lot of sunlight. I like a lot of, like, my husband, like, he fucking turns the fucking living room lights to, like, 30%. I'm like, you can't see. You cannot see. (laughs) I am blind. I like overhead. (laughs) I like lamps. Here's the difference, or the question, the caveat, if you will, because this is how I'm thinking in my head. Mm. Are you a soft white or a, like, LED white light? I like soft white. Yeah, so I can handle soft white. Yeah higher or if i just which light to me i feel like it's white the light, curtains. like all the way up yeah. like we had to change all the bulbs out of our entire house mm-hmm. sorry no you're fine what were you gonna say oh sunlight you like sunlight yeah like we have those big bay windows in our living room so like when the sun's like literally directly into the like the the windows i like to open the curtains and like that much sun mm, that's yeah like, I like to sleep with the windows open so that the sun wakes me up. Like, that is my ideal way to wake up is with the sun. <laughs> and it drives my husband crazy. And he likes blackout curtains. And then you crawl and lay on the floor like a cat. No, I just wake the up. Sunbeams. It's the best the way sun. to That's wake up. That's what I imagined. With your tummy up. <laughs> uh-huh. We we leave the curtains open in our room also because it makes me get up. Mm-hmm. But the moon dr- like will shine directly into my eyes every once in a while. Mm. And it's mm-hmm. that second story. Anyway, we have a street light. Ew. Oh. I know. That is the word. My grandma used to have like because they it, lived out in um, Prineville on property, so they had uh-huh. one of those like super tall like almost like pole lights from like the side of the highway installed so uh-huh. they could like see you know because coyotes and wildlife and stuff. yeah yeah and mm-hmm. that it was like right outside the guest bedroom that fucking sucked yeah give me some blackout curtains grandma yeah no when i yeah i mean like when i'm trying to sleep sure but during the day man let there be light fuck yeah i can't see <laughs> i'm gonna put on my conductor hat I am going to be Mr. Hat from Thomas the Tank Engine, and I'm going to direct you back onto the train. Everybody. <laughs> Thanks. Appreciate We're it. We're going to all be very useful engines. Turn right now. Oh, dude. I'm definitely okay, going to Now I almost tangent myself on, t- on Thomas the Train Engine and how that's such a, I, it is a terrible message for kids. You have to be useful all the time and stuff. Anyway. Okay. Henry's worried about a pregnant Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So worried that he thinks that she should skip supper and have a strengthening bone broth beef tea instead. He could ask Sophie to bring it up for her. 
Can't she have both? <laughs> I know. She's hungry. Right. Yeah, she's eating for two. Yeah, obviously. I promise you she's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Charlotte's like. I promise you she's hungry. <laughs> Uh-huh. That's the title. Is that Disney? <laughs> <laughs> Signed, sealed, delivered. Okay. <laughs> Charlotte tells Henry to put the brakes on because they had long since decided that they weren't going to do dinner. They were going to have sandwiches instead. You know, since everything has been thrown into chaos and everyone is basically falling apart. There's no need for dinner. And Charlotte tries to tempt Henry away from his work by alluring him with food, which honestly works for me every time. But apparently him and I are not one of the same. We're not soul sisters. <laughs> she tells him that, um, like, it's you've been working a lot. You really should stop. But I'm hardly one to talk because, like, I've been spending this whole time going through Benny's journals. And instead of hearing all the hot goss about what is in Benedict's diary or his journals, we, Charlotte, by proxy us, gets distracted asking Henry what he's working on. We don't care, Charlotte, at this moment. Mm -hmm. I want the deets. Although this is a very long chapter, so maybe next time is fine. (laughs) (laughs) He says... That he's been trying to make a portal. He needs a slice of portal meat. (laughs) He'd gotten the idea from Morty's rings and he thinks that he can do it. Charlotte is worried and tells him that if the idea, the magic, the workings come from Morty, then it's probably dark magic, which is dangerous. Mm -hmm. But Henry um, thinks that he can do it like without it, right? Mm -hmm. He's not about that life. Actually, you know what? He has something to show her, you know, for Buford. Fuck. He's not giving it <laughs> He's up. all over the place. What? Charlotte says, quote, I've told you a hundred times, Henry, no son of mine will ever be named Buford. By the angel, is that a cradle? <laughs> and what we have in front of us is a Victorian version of a hybrid cradle slash baby swing slash death trap. Henry goes and presses this button to start the rocking that begins as a gentle, soothing motion. And during the time that this is rocking, Charlotte and Henry have a conversation. Charlotte telling him that she has some news that she needs to share, which is the clave has decided to release Jessamine from the Silent City and she's going to be returning to the Institute in two days. Henry's tense about the whole situation. And Charlotte explains that she has nowhere else to go. (sighs) I like your face. Before Henry gets his rebuttal out, the crib starts swinging exponentially and flies off and crashes into the wall, shattering into a bunch of pieces, which basically put the nail in the coffin on that idea. Factory recall. Dude. So... I was the first of my friend group to have kids. Okay. So I was the test. I was the gimmick. I, I, you know, I, I was the test subject. I was the test dummy. So my daughter got one of those swings, right? Motherfucker. Those things go fast. And it's very stressful because that was like literally my worst nightmare. All 
the time. <laughs> that she would just get some momentum and then just keep going. <laughs> She's like, yeet! Yeah, exactly. Audrey loved the swing. William liked it too. He was into dug it. My kids are not. Bryn liked it Did for you? like a month. Not so cool. And then she was like, nope, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. Do you have this one? We had the side to side one. Because it feels bowl. like yours just go like this. I had a mamaroo that goes side to side. And then we also have a regular swing that goes front mm. to back. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. They prefer the front to back over the expensive mamaroo. <laughs> uh huh. But, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. No. So, no from them. They like to be held because they're, you know, spoiled. Yeah. Spoiled newborns. That's a thing, yeah. right? J- yeah, just like totally. Just like every other piece of equipment, my kid used it for, like, a month and then, like, didn't want it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is, like, a fucking $300 thing. Like, what are you doing? Yep. We borrowed everything for Audrey. And we ended up giving it a lot of a lot of it back to the person that we borrowed it from. So when we had William, we didn't have a lot. Mm. Right. Yeah, mine's all left from Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Yeah. <sighs> Instead of elaborating on more cheese made between Charlotte and Henry, we're sent into the mind of Tessa, who is repeating the infernal devices mantra, all while sitting next to Jim's bed and watching him sleep. She feels like super domesticated being such a doting fiance even though sophie had to whisper pointers to her on what to do (laughs) she's like love his pillows yeah because she's a child yeah yep it's not her fault this is the first time she's ever tended to someone other than a drunken nate dog Mm. okay this is it this is her training and caring for a sick person and and caring for a drunk person are not the same thing Compassion is a very defining factor in how you take care of somebody. (laughs) That's fair. Suddenly, out of nowhere, Jim says, not very heroic, quote, Tessa's like, what the fuck? Are you like somehow spying on mine and Will's conversation from earlier? Insert internal panic. (laughs) JK. She doesn't say that at all, okay? (laughs) That was me taking my artistic license. She basically says, can you elaborate? And Jim has clearly been thinking about his performance fighting the worm because he said that the way, like, it all went down, including and ending with him coughing blood up all over the Lightwood house, wasn't his best look. Tessa reminds, no, Tessa remarks on how his blood is an improvement on the place. And besides, he was totally heroic. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Will, I mean heroes, oh, I mean, speaking of this, <laughs> Will and I had a conversation earlier about them today. Heroes, that is. Not awkward at all. Why am I talking so fast? I'm sweating. Anyway, <laughs> Will told her that heroes come to bad end. So, like, why would anyone want to be one anyway? Jim changes his perspective. He flips the script, if you will, on their conversation, saying that Will's looking at the perspective of the hero. But if you look at the perspective of, like, the outsiders, it's it shifts. Mm-hmm. Basically, heroes endure because we need them to, not for their own sake. And I know 
you two people will not understand what I'm talking about. But my kid and I like to watch Ladybug and Cat Noir because I am into it. I am interested. I'm invested. Season five came out on Disney Plus. We're into it. There's a character on the show whose name is Luca, and he just reminds me so much of Jim. He's a musician and always knows what to say, and he kind of, like, looks like him, like he's whatever, but he has blue hair, not silver hair. It's just, it's insane. The person that made that character had to have read this book and was like, you know what? We need this, okay? Just want you to know. Somebody listening will know what I'm talking about, and they will agree with me, hopefully. I know it's lost on you, too. I digress. Okay. Soapbox ended. Back to the story. Your regularly scheduled program. Okay. She asks him <laughs> if he has ever considered doing something a little crazy to uh, prolong his life. Like, you know, I don't know. God. Um, maybe becoming a vampire? Because, like, you know, they could live together forever. Uh-huh. <laughs> huh? You, you know, Jim Mc- seeing as she's fucking immortal. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I could be, you could be like my Evanescence song, My Immortal. (laughs) Jim explains that being a vampire is totally against everything he stands for. A, he has Shadowhunter blood. Two, he has a birthright. (laughs) Tres, he has an honor, like he has to honor that. And uh, four, he has to think about the vows he's taken. I couldn't think of another... um, Mm-hmm. Way to change it. No, I like it. Uh, I am pausing because I stopped looking at this and I need to figure out where I was. Okay. Besides, the vampires wouldn't welcome him with open arms either. So he would just be an outcast. Vampires are not into shadow hunters that have become vampires. And apparently, sometimes vampires bite shadow hunters to be like funny. And then the vampire that bit the shadow hunter is kind of excommunicated. And then the, the shadow hunter that turns into a vampire is not welcome into the coven. It's messy. Okay. What? It does. It sounds fucking messy. It sounds like a college dorm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But like, why would you need vampires anyway? Just like. Do your own thing, bro. Yeah. Right. Like, why do you need a pack? Yeah, I guess there's safety in numbers. I don't know. I mean, assuming not everybody's world would be like, I might be immortal. Let's make you immortal and let's live together. But Mm -hmm. it's just like you're randomly getting bitten. So then you're fucked. Right. And you don't know what to do. Right. Like, you know, if 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 Twilight taught us anything, Mm -hmm. fledgling vampires are very erratic. They're volatile. Unless you happen to be Bella Swan. Exactly. And you've practiced this moment for your entire it, life. It's because oh you have no personality to exploit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you are a blank piece <laughs> of paper. Mm-hmm. <sighs> on top of the cherry on top of this whole can't do that is that he wouldn't be Parabatai with Will anymore. And besides, Jim would rather die and be reborn to see the sun than to live forever in darkness. Mm. <sighs> Tess is like, okay, checkmate. But, however, 
what if I were to say not vampire, silent brother? Eh? Mm. The codex says that they can take runes that make them basically immortal. And Jim's like, silent brothers can't get married. <laughs> and Tessa's... They also are creepy. Right. When Tessa notes, like, internally, she's like, oh, so Jim is kind of stubborn. Like... Which I, I think it's funny. It's supposed to be like a funny thing, but I'm like, yeah, you're like basically want to rewrite rewrite his life. Mm-hmm. And I know it's uh-huh. coming out of her place of love, and she wasn't privy to this conversation mm-hmm. that Jim had with Will, but we were anyway. Tessa says, like, just so you know, are you aware? Are your customers aware <laughs> that I would rather not get married to you if it means that you could be alive? Of course. Jim lets her know that the path to silent brotherhood would, wouldn't be an option for him. Since his body is filled with Yenfen, he wouldn't be able to survive the runes, and to let the Yenfen run out of his body would cause his death. Besides, silent brothers are living, but not really, like, alive. They exist in the shadows and darkness, and there's no music. All of that aside, Jem doesn't want to live forever. Tessa points out that there's a possibility that she would live forever. An idea that she's kind of trying to work out in her own self and her own emotions between all the crazy shit. And Jim is like, I know, and I feel really sorry for you. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's a burden. Like, that's a burden no one should have to be. It really sucks to be. That's a bummer. It's a man. That's a real bummer. That's a real bummer. Jim wholeheartedly believes that he will return and souls that love each other are drawn to each other in their next life. So basically he could be her Gregor. Mm. Tessa is fearful that since she won't die and come back as changed, then they won't be able to find each other. Like that won't work. This, his soul's not going to regenerate to her and they won't be able to meet in heaven or, like, the river thing mm-hmm. that he said. I didn't write it down. So maybe she doesn't believe in Gregors, obviously. <laughs> Jim reaches out and finger probes her face as well. Stop. <laughs> doesn't believe in Gregors. That's so funny. I don't believe in no Gregors. If you don't get that, that means you need to finish watching what we do in the shadows. Ma'am. Yeah, I know. Ma'am. I know. Okay. Anyway, his hand is on her face, but just the pads of his fingers as we discussed. <laughs> and then she puts her hand over his hand, but with just the pads of her fingers, like those frogs that have like big fingertips. And um, suction cups. <laughs> like just like that, like he's lulled back to sleep. This was like a like a fever dream. He's probably not going to remember this conversation. And a few moments later, the bedroom door opened, and it's not the Kool-Aid man, it's Will. (laughs) And he's looking distraught, which signaled Tessa to get up and follow him out to the hall. Will tells her that he just came back from the East End. Guess what? There isn't any Yenfin left. Mm. Convenient. Tessa's taken aback. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. It's not like there wasn't any foreshadowing right. in the prior right. chapters. Tessa asks slash says that like she's she's asking, but 
stating to kind of reassure herself, like, it's, I got it, emergency, but Jim has a supply, right? And Will boldface tells her that it's gone, even though, and he says out loud, Jim wouldn't want her to know. So he tells her that Jim wouldn't want you to know this. And um, there's no more left. And he's not going to be able to hide the fact that he's out, which is why he's going to tell her, like, he's he's going to die. And Will has checked everywhere, sniffed out all of his connections. He's used up all of his I've got a guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone even told him that the rest of the supply was deliberately bought up. Mm. Tessa is shooketh, of course. And Will confirms for her, although I know that she knows. But there's kind of this finality in this chapter, the way that's written. It's just like, without the Yenfin, Jim is going to, Jim is going to die. Yeah. And it's obviously going to be soon. He's so sick. Right. Will decides that he has to, right now, jump on the path to finding a cure for him now that he's gotten his permission. And he bounds into the library and starts scouring the shelves. He had been checking in books before Jim had asked him to stop. And he had forgotten which ones they were. And he's just kind of like frantic. And Tessa's like, Will, stop. And Will is close to madness, and he's kind of just repeating, like, I have to remember. I got to figure out where this is. I can't find my keys, and my kids have got to get to school right now. And if you guys would just put them back where I told put you to put them. Put your fucking shoes on. Remember, and then I would know where remember. they are. <laughs> Sorry. It's just the only thing I could think of, and I had to say it because I have impulse control issues. Tessa tells him that he can't read every book in there. And besides, this time he has something that he didn't have before. And that thing is six foot two worth of too hot to handle. You know, Magnus Payne. Fuck yeah. Now that Will has a connection with him as an ally, they can go ask him for help. And Will says that he had thought of asking Magnus before, but since Jim had forbidden him to search out a cure, he never had. But it's settled. Now, literally right now, Will is going to go wake up Cyril, ask him to ready the carriage, and then Tess is going to meet him in the courtyard. And I read this first letter on air not knowing what I was getting into but I feel like I am obligated to read the other one so that's just what's going to happen okay Okay? so this is to Consul Josiah Wayland from members of the council dear sir I really like that that's me that's not in the quote Mm -hmm. (laughs) dear sir comma we can but express our great distress at receiving your letter. It was our impression that Charlotte Branwell was a choice you wholeheartedly embraced and that she had proven herself a fit leader of the London Institute. Our own inquisitor Whitelaw speaks highly of her and the manner in which she managed the challenge laid against her authority by Benedict Lightwood. It is our opinion as a body that George Penhallow is not a fit successor to the place of consul... Unlike Mrs. Branwell, he has not proven himself as a leader of others. It is true Mrs. Branwell is young and passionate, but the role of consul is one that requires passion. We urge you to put aside thoughts of Mr. Penhallow, who is too young and green for the position, 
and take time to consider again the possibility of Mrs. Branwell. Yours in Raziel's name, members of the council. That's a, I'm sorry, would you like to rethink, would you, you want to try that again? Because that, that's not going to happen. Are you sure the answer is B? Yeah. <laughs> Are this you sure? This is open book. <laughs> it's open book. Okay, I have a question, and it's something that really drives me crazy. And I know that, like, we talked about it a little bit with Jace. If Shadowhunters have a divine mandate, okay, why are they not all the same religion? Why aren't they their own religion? It makes zero sense. Right? It makes zero sense are, that... Like, they look to the same angel or, you know. Right. And they all believe the same... Huh. Like, for instance, in City of Glass with the Mark of Cain. Like, that's from the Christian Bible. Like, or... Actually, I, I think it's uh, Old Testament, right? That's sounds correct but i think I it's old know. testament but but anyway i mean it's still within you know judeo-christian christianity yeah, like yeah that grouping uh-huh. and mo- i mean everything like based off of lore you know like all the lores like all the angel names are like biblical angel names you know uh-huh. what i mean so what what i don't understand is why why would Jem believe in reincarnation? Uh, well, I mean, he was in China. Maybe it's a Buddhist but he's thing a, but he's a shadow hunter. Yeah, it's like, and he knows that like the angel Raziel is real. So like that's and that's the thing that I don't right. I don't understand is like how how do you separate the fact that you know an angel is real? with modern religion like like how do you okay. what does that look like and and i mean it makes sense that like different places would have different you know religions and stuff but like if you're all part of this secret society that fights demons and is basically like gifted your powers by an angel i feel like your like your preponderance of evidence is weighted in one way like you know what i mean <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm assuming that we know. I don't have to pretend like we don't know. Jem doesn't know. Mm-hmm. But we've met Raziel before. He's kind of a mm-hmm. douchebag. Yeah. In a, like the sense that like we are not important. Yeah. Right. The character, they're ants in his great yeah. vision of the world or whatever. So I'm assuming it's not like they're like, hey, can you tell me what happens when you die? Right. Could you just elaborate what happens when we die? Right. So, you know, maybe he's mixing that. Yeah, maybe. That thought of Buddhism with, you know, knowing the things that he knows Mm -hmm. and the more Western religions and kind of mixing that together. Because it's a lovely thought, you know, that you can come back or, you know. Well, and it's a super common thing thing in uh-huh. religions across the world like i mean it's not it's not in like an uh-huh. uncommon thing it's just yeah and like even jace's like answer to the question is like i don't know anything so so jace is basically like agnostic uh-huh right like 
okay, that's mm-hmm. that's fine. But like the way he says it, he's like, he's like, I don't, I don't, I know just as much as you, and none of it fucking matters, you know. And you're like, well, <sighs> you have superpowers that were gifted by an angel. Like I think some of it matters to you. I mean, here's the thing, though. Like I'm obviously being weird about it, but they know for a fact, tangible facts. Mm-hmm. That there's portals because the demons come from portals from other worlds. Uh-huh. So who's to say these angels are from heaven? That maybe they're just saying that, but right. they're actually a portal to a different world. So in his, right. it's like, yeah, I know this dude came over and blessed us with this stuff, and he looks this way, and we've decided mm-hmm. to use the word angel and the you know the the words we've put in are heaven or this or this or this. But there's no but context. Could just be a portal to a different you know place because nobody that's ever been there has either come back a come back and remembered Mm -hmm. or b came over to tell us you know this is called this and this is a this and this is you know so it could be just a portal to a different place kind of like a portal to hell is just another plane it's just another world potentially you know so maybe jace is very cynical as well so you know he could think of it that way I don't know. It makes sense, though, what you said about Raziel probably, like, coming down and giving Jonathan Shadowhunter his powers and, like, not really giving him a whole lot of information. Like, that Uh would – and then they have no way to access any more information. So they're just, like, going with whatever religions they have around and trying to, like, make it fit. Like, that would make sense to me. And and so then modern-day people would know that and be like, well, I mean, we we say those things. We use those words, but, like – no one really knows what the fuck it is. Uh huh. That makes sense. Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, this is so long. And on that note, make sure that you read chapter five, A Heart Divided. I'm sorry I clapped and probably hurt your ears. It was really fucking stupid. <laughs> Idiot. Just kidding. <laughs> For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworldorders Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.